Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome back to Buddy Walk with Jesus. As always, as we get started, we want you guys to know two very important things. That you are prayed for and that you are loved deeply. For all the links, for all the things, you can check us out, buddywalkwithjesus.com. To join in the conversation, join the community, we've got a Facebook group, the Buddy Walk community. And last but certainly not least, if you are in need of prayer, do not hesitate to reach out. Prayer at BuddyWalkWithJesus.com So I want you all to humor me for a minute as we take a trip down memory lane. It's mid-2020, the world is upside down, and I am an incredibly angry individual. Um, We released a series of episodes, part one is actually still the highest played episode for the show, but it was called Jesus vs. Religion, rounds one and two. And the idea behind the episode was to outline, or at least the idea in my mind, was to outline the differences between kind of the man-made rules approach, the incorrect posture approach towards treating religion as the end goal versus treating the relationship with Jesus as the end goal and several points in that initial episode I had mentioned that Christianity is not a religion it is a relationship now let's see here Uh, kissing on two years later and a little bit older and here's to hope it may be a little bit wiser i can confidently tell you that christianity is in fact like the definition of a religion and before i get booed out of the building that's not a dirty word that's not a dirty phrase to say that christianity is a religion as a matter of fact You know, once you strip away all of the bravado of it all, all of the misplaced anger of it all from what was going on at that point in my life, at that point in the world, everything, there's a lot of very reasonable conversation to be had when you try to compare the relationship that we have with God to the following the letter of the law approach or following the letter of theology approach that tends to get baked into this whole thing as we try and unpack what life in the kingdom actually looks like. And I'll be the first one to admit to you guys, you know, when you have a show going for years, you know, for those of you that are unaware, Buddy Walk is about four years old, um, a little less than four years old. And so in a lot of respects, y'all have watched me grow up in the Lord in front of this microphone. Y'all have been experiencing kind of real time this walk that God has been bringing me through as I continue to reconcile what life in the kingdom looks like. And at that point in time, to peel the curtain back, you know, I, I was I was angry at people because all I was seeing at that point in time was vitriol 
from the greater community, that from the corporate church, right? I believe my exact turn of phrase that I used a lot during 2020, and I've used it since a little bit more tongue in cheek, but I made it known that I meant this as a scathing indictment of that time of just shut up and love on somebody. Stop barking about this, that, or the other thing and your stance about this and who you're voting for and all this kind of stuff and just shut up and love on somebody. And yes, there are some truths to that. Um, We are called very specifically love God, love others, all of those kinds of things. Turns out it's not quite as easy as just barking into a microphone, nor is it necessarily helpful to just sit there and bark into a microphone. So I want the first part of this to kind of serve as um, the Cliff Notes addressing of that first episode, that first attempt at doing this, that kind of raw unfiltered mix of emotions approach that I took the last time. So all of that to say, I am going to be using the term religion just a little bit differently now, because unfortunately, there is a way in which people think about religion that don't take the time to look at the nuance of it all. The nuance of it all is that God doesn't suck, people can suck. Now, when we look at religion, and a big part of why I said back in the day that I hate religion is because well, it's it's because hurt people hurt people. I didn't realize that back then. I thought I was 100% justified. I didn't realize that I had been touched by a lot of these concepts. I had seen a lot of these concepts firsthand. And so I went out on my righteous crusade against anything that I saw to mimic this and if you are unaware generally speaking people who rail against legalism religion things like that tend to be some of the same people that would stand up and be on if they were being honest talk about the fact that they have been hurt by a radically legalistic church you know i sit across from so many people that talk about the the patriarchy of the church and and all of that and the common thread over and over and over again that i continue to see is that some point along the way somebody wielded the sword of power against individuals misrepresented parts of what the Bible says about women and all of those kinds of things or about submission and all of those kinds of things and created actual hurt and devastation and problems with this whole thing. And so, you know, I want to set the table with all of this, with understanding that if we sit here and get into a battle of semantics, if we get into all of the particulars about what the actual textbook religion or what the actual textbook definition of religion is or anything like that, that, yeah, I I fully admit and, and am well aware of the fact that Christianity is, in fact, a religion. So to say that I hate religion, but I love Jesus is a bit of a misnomer. But now let's go ahead and just change the orientation, change the perspective ever so slightly. 
a lot of times this this idea of free will gets brought up and, and determinism and all of this kind of stuff and and uh, unfortunately that conversation has a way of becoming this this weird amalgamation of a god that smites people of a god that chooses that some live and some die and unfortunately that representation of god has a way of looking more like zeus from greek mythology than it does to look like yahweh and folks that god that angry lightning bolt wielding smiting god yeah i'm atheistic towards that god too guys that's not what the Bible has to say about it. Yes, God's love and justice and mercy and all of those kinds of things. But let's take a second and look at the wide angle view here for a minute. Because I'm not going to keep going back and qualifying the statements. I like to believe that I've got a pretty decent beat on this whole theology thing at this point in my life. Or at least better than I did two, two and a half years ago when this first episode dropped so yes all of the caveats all of the asterisks but that's it for those because now we got to get real we got to get honest about what this looks like there's this misnomer in america for those of you that don't know i know so many of you that listen to this are part of other countries and 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 not from america so please humor me and if you don't know, take a step back and take this as a as a moment of looking into what it looks like to be a Christian in America. A lot of times for people looking on the outside in, if you say that you are a Christian, there's this subtle, immediate assumption that takes place that what you just said is that you are a Republican. There's this subtle assumption that you are admitting to a specific set of beliefs and a very specific set of rituals and mindset and all of those kinds of things. And yeah, if we are obeying the word, if we are obeying the tenets and the commands of Christianity, yeah, there are some things that should be there. There are some assumptions that should be correct, but none of those have a single thing to do with where you stand on certain issues or who you vote for or what have you. You know, there's this sign that goes around that the the internet space of Jesus wouldn't be a Republican or Jesus wouldn't be out on the picket fence. Okay, you're not wrong. Neither one of those are wrong. And the reality is, is that as humans, we have complicated things. And I understand that that's a an incredible understatement but in this country because of the i'll call it conservative nature or moralistic nature of christianity that that kind of gets associated with certain things and certain sides and this that or the other thing and for those of you that know me, you should know I am probably as unpolitical as it absolutely gets. Um, I think all of politics is corrupt. I think every single politician is corrupt. I think they're literally paid liars. So this is not some kind of indictment on one side or the other. That's just one symptom of the entire thing let's talk about another symptom of the entire thing if god forbid tomorrow something happened to your family if you are listening to this would you confidently be able to go and find a church or an organization that is going to be able to help you out 
And then the next question I have is how much easier is it for you to find somebody that preaches expositorily or somebody who teaches based out of stories and and personal conjecture and things like that and it may sound like i just made a hard turn at albuquerque but if we are more focused on the preaching than being the hands of feet if we are more focused on what we get out of Sunday morning, then how we can help others. That's emblematic of a problem, guys. That's emblematic of a much bigger issue. You know, it's it's funny. I have become a bit of an interesting figure in Christian media because... I'm never going to be the most eloquent speaker. I'm never going to be the guy who's super polished and super pristine. You know, I do what I do as far as getting the audio ready for you guys to listen to and all of those kinds of things. And I do try hard for audio quality and things like that. But you're not going to hear super pristine. You're not going to hear this very polished show because the reality is that I think... What is the single most desperately needed thing in this world is authentic Christians stepping forward and saying stuff. Authenticity in front of the microphone because let me tell you something. If you are a Christian and you are wondering what it's like to be a Christian content creator, let me tell you that it is so tempting to sit in front of this microphone and lay out something that isn't me because it's easier for me not to get into all of the dirty stuff, all of the dirty laundry that I struggle with that I know countless people that struggle with. Because it's easier not to unpack those boxes. It's better for your overall image. And unfortunately, that same sentiment comes from the pulpit too. It comes from Christians that step forward and say, you know what, this is what I'm gonna what I'm gonna put forward. And unfortunately, we talked about this that that there are so many instances where pastors try to do that where christians try to do that they try to step forward in authenticity and say you know what this is something that i struggle with this is something that i am fighting against but people don't want that people want to believe that their pastor is infallible people want to believe that the person teaching them has gotten the beat on this because it shows them that they can have the beat on this it gives them something to aspire to the problem is is that we already have something to aspire to we already have the template in the benchmark it's called Jesus. I want to read a couple of things for you guys. I'm going to be quoting something here. What if I told you Jesus came to abolish religion? What if I told you voting Republican wasn't his mission? What if I told you Republican doesn't automatically mean Christian? And just because you call some people blind doesn't automatically give you vision. I mean, if religion is so great, why has it started so many wars? Why does it build huge churches but fails to feed the poor? Tell single moms God doesn't love them if they've had a divorce. But in the Old Testament, God actually calls religious people whores. Oh, just got real because I used a word. Here's the thing, I understand that theologically speaking, there are flaws in what I just read. No, Jesus technically did not come to abolish religion. However, let's take a second and look at the Pharisees. 
let's take a second and look at the religious leaders of the day. We have this documentation of a people that, you know, not obeying the Sabbath was capital offense. Not obeying the law is a capital offense. And, and meanwhile, we look at the source material for the Sabbath. We look at the same documentation that they had about when God created the, this, this implementation of this Sabbath day of rest. And we see that that's so not the point. This the legalosity of it all, the the religiosity of it all is so not the point. And the people at this time kind of missed the point. And unfortunately, there's nothing new under the sun. Humans continue to figure out ways to miss the point. I want to continue on with this and then explain to you why I'm saying all of this why even bring this back up okay religion might preach grace but another thing they practice tend to ridicule god's people they did it to john the baptist they can't fix their problems and so they just mask it not realizing not realizing religion is like spraying perfume on a casket See, the problem with religion is it never gets to the core. It's just behavior modification, like a long list of chores. Like, let's dress up the outside, make it look nice and neat. But that's what they used to do to mummies while the corpse rots underneath. Now, I ain't judging. I'm just saying, quit putting on a fake look. Because there's a problem if people only know you're a Christian by your facebook i mean in every other aspect of life you know that logic's unworthy it's like saying you play for the lakers just because you bought a jersey see this was me too but no one seemed to be on to me acting like a church kid while addicted to pornography See, on Sunday I'd go to church, but Saturday getting faded, acting as if I was simply created to just have sex and get wasted. See, I spent my whole life building this facade of neatness. But now that I know Jesus, I boast in my weakness. Because if grace is water, then the church should be an ocean. It's not a museum for good people, it's a hospital for the broken. Which means I don't hide my failure. I don't have to hide my sin. Because it doesn't depend on me. It depends on him. See, because when I was God's enemy and certainly not a fan, he looked down and said, I want that man. Which is why Jesus hated religion and for it he called them fools. Don't you see so much better? than just following some rules? Now let me clarify, and I mean this. This is me taking a step from this. I mean what I'm about to say. Now let me clarify. I love the church, I love the Bible, and yes, I believe in sin. But if Jesus came to your church, would you actually let them in? See, remember, he was called a glutton and a drunkard by religious men. But the Son of God never supports self-righteousness. Not now, not then. I'm going to stop there for a minute. That was me. Before I became a Christian, I had the church kid thing down. Nobody knew. Man, I'd go go home from, from Sunday morning... I'd look at porn, I'd get high, I'd drink the whole nine yards. Done with church by 12, high as a kite by 1230. 
and not a single person knew. As a matter of fact, when I came out about this whole thing, when I deconstructed away, when I left the whole thing behind, when I realized that this whole thing that I cooked up in my head was a character, was a facade, was something that I wanted to be true, but it, I didn't see at that point in time. And, and honestly, the, the paradigm that I had was not true. That people were shocked. People were stunned. My own sister was so flabbergasted that I, the one in my family that was the, the constant beating drum of religion, it wasn't real. It was a character. It was fake. You see, I talk about how we can have all of it. We can have the Facebook. We can have the rules and the regulations. And not have God. Let me take that one a step further. You can have Sunday morning. You can have the three songs. You can know every single one of the lyrics to every single one of the songs. Know when to do this, when to raise your hand. They got the little cups of uh, juice in the gimmick cracker. It's, you know, you, you take it. It's a whole thing. You understand the beats and the rhythms of Sunday morning, but you don't need God in order to do that. But in order to have a relationship, in order to have a relationship with God, you need God. And that's the only way that any of this makes sense. And I talk about these things and and from this point in my life, I understand that there are fallacies in this approach i'm reading all of this because why i hate religion but love jesus is a sentiment that is really pushed forward by people that still want god but have been hurt by religion and so they take the religion part of it out and they they just leave it with relationship and unfortunately that opens a door to an entirely separate set of issues of kind of doing whatever you like. That has a way of leading to things like hyper grace. And unfortunately, when with some of these scathing indictments of the church, the uninitiated have a way of looking at it like this because this is what they've seen out of mankind they have seen the religiosity of it all out of mankind. And as much as we, some some people fight against this and not everybody likes this language and all of this kind of stuff, but you like it or not, we are Christ's representative here on earth. That's just the moral of the story. That's just the reality of it all. When we step forward and we act out of pocket, we make Christianity unbelievable to an unbelieving world. So I want to pull back the curtain for a minute. Um... I'm not going to get this on on other Christian podcasts. Um, I just had to pause the recording because I got choked up. Because, um, man, I've, I've experienced some of this firsthand. That line in this poem, and for those of you that don't know, I'm reading off of a poem that was put out and it was actually the precipice for what what really stemmed all of this i mean the world was upside down and i had a lot of opinions about christians and all of those kinds of things back in 2020 but i i first read this read this poem and i'm like man somebody putting to lyrics how i feel about this whole thing and that that comment about divorce got to me right 
you know, it, it's it's been a while since we did the episode. This was back when Edgar was a part of the show. But for those of you that don't know, I I have been divorced. I I am married to my second wife, and I cannot begin to tell you how many times my wife has been told that by marrying me, punched her ticket, one way ticket to hell, no st- done. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Let alone my heathen self. I'm just done. Write me out of the ball game. So, this may seem like a scathing indictment by somebody who is hurt, but unfortunately, the reality is is that he was likely hurt when he wrote this, and that that hurt is real. And we need to be able to do something about that. We need to be able to be do, to do something with that and not be called heretics because we bring this stuff up. Because we fight back against popular Christianity. Because we fight back against contemporary Christianity that doesn't want to hold the line of truth. I understand sin. I so understand sin. But we need to hold the line of truth. The truth that says that, you know what? Every single one of us that calls ourselves a Christian, we are the recipients of undeserved grace, of unmerited favor. And yeah, part of that is that we are called into a posture that we are responsible for doing different things. We are responsible for for specific duties and different things like that. It's not just the Wild West, man. It doesn't mean that we get to go out and do this and do that and and all of those kinds of things. That's not what this means. But it also doesn't mean that we've got to follow this rule book, this this paint-by-numbers nonsense. And there's a very fine line between throwing out the duties and responsibilities and protocol that the Bible contains and making it into this un- attainable moving goalpost. Because let me let me get on the real tip. Honestly, I hear all of this back and forth and this shouldn't be and Christians should do this and this and that. Man, if if the the man-made criteria that I hear sometimes was the benchmark, if never getting scared and all of the stuff that gets put out on Facebook or all of these these best looks get are, 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 are the barometer for who makes it, quote-unquote, and who doesn't, man, not even the pastor's getting in. Just being real about it. Now, I want to jump back into this thing because we're going to take a turn here. We're going to take the point. What is the point? 32 minutes into this thing, what is the point? Are we just going to sit here and rail against humanity? Let's get back at it. Now, back to the point, one thing is vital to mention. How Jesus and religion are on opposite spectrums. See, one's the work of God and one's a man-made invention. See, one is the cure and the other's the infection. See, because religion says do, Jesus says done, religious, religion says slave, Jesus says son. Religion puts you in bondage while Jesus sets you free. Religion makes you blind, but Jesus makes you see. And that's why religion and Jesus are two different clans. Religion is man searching for God. Christianity is God searching for man. Which is why salvation is f- which is why salvation is freely mine and forgiveness is my own. Not based on my merits, but Jesus' obedience alone. Because he took the crown of thorns and blood dripped down his face. He took what we all deserved. I guess that's why they call it grace. And while being murdered, he yelled, Father, forgive them. 
They know not what they do. Because when he was dangling on that cross, he was thinking of you. And he absorbed all your sin and he buried it in the tomb, which is why I'm kneeling at the cross saying, come on, there's room. So for religion, no, I hate it. In fact, I literally resent it. Because when Jesus said it is finished, I believe he meant it. You know, I forgot how hard this was to record the first time. And recording this um, is bringing back a lot of feelings and brings up a lot of feelings. So if all of this doesn't make sense, then I want you to understand something that basically what I'm laying out for you guys is the, the thesis statement behind Buddy Walk with Jesus. Buddy Walk with Jesus was started by myself and Edgar to be the conversation point about talking about intimacy with God. And yeah, we can sit here and get lost in the minutia of religion and what is religion and this and that. But... Each one of these different manifestations of what we're talking about here, maybe it looks like a denominational practice. No, I'm not taking shot at just denominations or politics, I guess, for that matter. If politics are your thing, then whatever. Cool. They're not mine, but I'm not saying that it's like sinful or something like that to be to be a part of politics. That's literally not. That's, that's the exact opposite of the point here. But the reality is, is that religion, cold, dead religion is the very thing that Jesus looked at the Pharisees and called them whitewashed tombs for. It's literally the antithesis to rich and full and vibrant life in the kingdom. And so when we look at the at, at, at this this whole concept, we have to take a moment to look at the reality and say, yeah, religion, religious practice, do you believe the right thing? Do you practice the right thing? Are you a seven point Calvinist? Are you a Baptist? Are you this? Are you that? All of that says do. Do the next thing. Believe the next thing. That your belief is what saves you. That your practices are what saves you. There's this thing that goes around that might sound perfectly fine, right? Turn away from your sin. How many people have heard that? Turn away from your sin. If we could turn away from our sin ourselves, then we literally do not need Jesus. The reality is that every single one of us is broken. If you are a human, that means you're broken. And that the answer to all of this, the answer to every single solitary bit of of, of any of this conversation is Jesus. But man has been trying for time and memoriam to um, please God through sacrifice. Please God through trying harder. Please God through pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Let me say something that's going to be scandalous to some people listening. Jesus did not die to save America. As a matter of fact, America shows up exactly zero times in the Bible. Just putting that out there. Politics. This whole right and left and all of that kind of stuff shows up exactly zero times in the Bible. It's interesting to me that some of the things that get heralded as 
the benchmarks and the barometer for somebody who gets it are the very things that Jesus railed against. Because the reality is that all of this, every single bit of it is unmerited and it's so easy to forget that. It's so easy to be focused on do you believe the right things? Do you believe all of the proper aspects of all of this? Or do you just believe that God sent his son, that Jesus came, died, rose again. All of those kinds of things. Is that is that what you believe? Is that the cornerstone? Is that the firm foundation? Or is it what happens if, you know, how it all works out with Calvinism or or, or, or this or that? Are, are, you, are you quicker to say things about how it all shakes out eschatologically? So what's the point, right? What's the point of all of this? There's always going to be a different issue or a different circumstance where humanity is going to get out of pocket, all of those kinds of things. There's always going to be a different circumstance. Here's the thing, though. So many countless people have been hurt by religion all the time. People have been hurt by religion. You have people walking away from this thing because all they have seen is judgment. All they have seen is humans looking down on other humans because you committed this sin. Let me ask you something right here, right now. If somebody was sitting against or... If somebody was standing across from you and you were having a conversation with them, would you hold back from them if you found out that they were gay? Would you hold back from them if they were part of the LGBTQ plus community? Would you hold back from them because they got a divorce? Would you hold back from them if you found out that they got an abortion? Look, I'm not saying that these things aren't important and I'm not saying that we that we need to compromise truth, but for the love of everything that is holy, if there's anything that you take from this, guys, if there's anything that I want to point to, it's that, you know what, we're all out of pocket, we're all broken, we're all messed up, but we have these this responsibility that we cannot shy away from. We need to be the difference that we, if, if, if you are craving to see the difference in the world, then community, let's stand, stand in the gap, be the thing that the Bible calls us to be, be the church. Let's be the church. Let's love on people unabashedly with zero strings attached. And I just want to say that loving somebody and agreeing with somebody are not the same thing. We don't need to agree with somebody to love on somebody. And trust me, I I lived by the motto of love the sinner and hate the sin. I used that to justify a whole mess of problems. If I'm going to get real for a minute, yeah, I looked down on every single person who claimed to be some gender that they're not. I looked down on people who, who would wave their religious flag around and smite other people and make other people feel like trash. I would hold back from them. I would judge them and I would condemn them in my mind and in my heart. I've since realized that that's, there's huge flaws and that's literally not our job. We do still stand for truth, but truth and judgment, truth and condemnation are two radically different things. You know, 
Isaiah 29 says, Though these people praise me with their lips, their hearts are far from me. I don't think you need to be an American to do that. I don't think you need to be of a certain political persuasion to do that. I don't think you need to be a certain gender to do that or anything of the sort. I think we all uniquely as humans have figured out wonderfully creative ways to get out of pocket. And I say that tongue in cheek. It's not wonderful. Obviously, it's not wonderful. But humans do not cease to amaze on the ridiculous things that they do to hurt people. So yeah, I, I look around and and, and I, I hopefully don't have that same vitriol that I had a couple of years ago where everybody's the problem and all of this kind of stuff. No, 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 no. And this is where I deviate from this because there are a lot of things about this that I jive with. Like I said, man, the religion of it all, the, the, the cold deadness of it all is something that I can speak to in spades, man. That's why I care so much about letting people know that there is vulnerability in this whole thing and it's okay. That you can get vulnerable and naked in front of God and it's okay. But at the end of the day, I don't want to focus on man being the problem. At the end of the day, I want to take a second to let people know. First off, if this is the version of religion that you know, I am so sorry. If this is what you know Christians to be, then I am so sorry. My heart literally breaks for you. But... This is not what Christianity dictates. And if you are a part of the church, this is not meant to condemn you. If you find yourself first thinking about the flag and second thinking about the cross, first thinking about where you're from, second thinking about the cross, I don't mean to condemn you. I mean to shine light in the fact that we are all a part of the kingdom. We are all a part of God's people. And by such, we have a responsibility. So ultimately, two and a half years later, I make this redux. I make this 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 remix of Jesus versus religion. And the one thing that I can sit there and t- I can sit here and tell you guys beyond a shadow of a doubt is this fight, as long as there's humans, will continue to go on. But as Christians, we need to stand up for truth and we need to live out what it is that we are called to do. We need to live out the love of God. We need to live out the love, mercy, and forgiveness that we have been given undeservedly. Go back and read Matthew 5 through 7. Go and read the Kingdom Manifesto. It can be read two different ways. It can be read as a checklist. These are things that even by the world standards, if a human does, they are considered a good person. These are things that people can strive for. They can strive to be better. They can strive to do better. They can strive for all of these things. Or you can take a step back and realize that all of these things, they come as a byproduct of our relationship with God. And you realize that the kingdom is the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. That it starts with God and it ends with God. That God is 
the author, the progenitor of our faith, that faith is not something that we muster, that literally all of this, every single bit of this, lies directly on the shoulders of God. That we count on him full tilt, no questions asked. That if we are putting anything, any extra burden on anybody's shoulders, on our own shoulders, to perform, to do something that the Bible says not to do, we are in danger of religion. And that's literally every single one of us. And that is ultimately, at the end of the day, what I want to convey. I don't care if you live in America. I don't care if you live in India. I don't care where else in the world that you live. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the same the same things apply. They might just look a little bit different in manifestation based on your specific situation. I want to repeat something that I said, that I read in this poem. See, because religion says do. Jesus says done. Religion says slave. Jesus says son. Religion puts you in bondage while Jesus sets you free. Religion makes you blind, but Jesus makes you see. Oftentimes we treat Christianity as a museum of good people. But Jesus himself said, it's not those that are well that need a physician. It's the sick. And you take a step back and realize, well, wait a minute. His his whole thing was Jesus, friend of sinners. He, he hung out with like tax collectors and stubborn people and murderers. If that happened today, that person would be called a heretic. So... I ask, I plead, wrestle with these things, ask these things, poke and prod, take everything that you've heard me say and take it to God. And God, if there's anything that I said that does not align with your will, let it go. And I apologize. I apologize. I don't, it, let, let it fall off from people. Let it, let it, d- d- please do not allow my words to be a burden to anybody. That's literally not the point of this. But guys, oh, there's never going to not be a giant social issue. There's never not going to be this 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 longing for justice of some kind or the these examples of humans getting out of pocket or anything else like that but my lanta i have seen the heartbreak in people's eyes but i have seen the beauty of the realization that the kingdom is now and to come That the kingdom is active relationship and that all of this, any morality play, any rules, any of it is literally all out of a place of having active and vibrant relationship with God. And there it is in a nutshell. That is why I You will hear me stand against man's religion, not because I think Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. No, no, Christianity is a religion. 
But religious behavior, doesn't matter how well-intentioned, takes away from God. And I'm going to take a note from some of the men, the men that I've been learning from, and I'm going to go ahead and cut it there. Because there are other religious practices that have infiltrated into the church that are these w really well-meaning things. But they are religious practices. But just understand that if any of it counts on you to act a certain way, to do a certain thing, to turn away from a certain thing, for you to do it, it takes the emphasis point, on, uh, point off of God. And God is literally the only reason why any of this is possible. At all. And so it is my sincere prayer that nobody hear condemnation from this. That no one specific group thinks that they got targeted. Because it doesn't matter if it's a denominational thing. It doesn't matter if you're an ist or an ism. It doesn't matter which one of... Because honestly, I, I look beside you, I look beside me on, on either side... And, and and the the people that are out there with me holding the line for truth, I see Calvinists there, I see Baptists there, I see Lutherans there, I see all manner of people standing arm in arm with me helping to hold the line. So it's not about taking a pot shot. That's what that, that last one was. Jesus versus religion round one was a bit of a pot shot. I'll be the first one to admit it. It was a scathing hit piece on modern day Christianity. The point in all of this is not how bad can man mess this up. The point in all of this is how much bigger is the kingdom. And that the key to being able to live, really live, heart open. To truly experience love and forgiveness and beauty is through the kingdom. I know I'm not the only one with horror stories. I understand that many of us can compare scars at the hands of men. But take a moment to praise God that he is bigger than any of that. That he is more significant than any of that. Because at the, at the end of the day, that is exactly where all of this lives and dies. Ephesians 2.8 says, I am saved by grace, not works. I am God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. It's not the works that save us, but it is our responsibility to live out the tenets that we are called to live out because remember guys it is finished and jesus meant that so let's stand for that let's pray father god thank you Thank you that we can stand in confidence because of you. That as your people, we can stand in your confidence. In the confidence that only comes from you. Father, I pray for healing and mercy for anybody who is struggling with anything that got brought up. If they're a victim of this if they're if they if they have hurt other people whatever 
Father, I pray that your spirit be over them, that they may come to understand the reality of you, whatever that looks like. Father, I ask that you please forgive me if there is anything that is not of you that's come out. If any of my humanness has come out in this, that only you be glorified in all of this. Father, I pray for strength for your people that we may go forward and push forward the kingdom. Father, I thank you. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen.